Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I are appreciative of your vital role on this planet in an ever-growing global community. For it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Wow, yesterday was a big day in our family's life. We spread my sister's ashes and her husband's ashes on the waters, on the salt waters of Puget Sound. Oof. Bless them. You know, when you work with siblings, close friends that are around your same age, and also when you work with your animals in their progress of passing, you recognize that this outfit that we put on as a body. You know, we step into our, our body costume at the beginning of life and then we, we work with it throughout our life. We take care of it to the best of our ability throughout our life. And then when it's time to take it off, nothing actually changes. If you read my book, Buried Treasures, it's the story of when, because of appendicitis, peritonitis and sepsis, I died at the age of 20 for a minute and 45 seconds. I was dead. They call it a near-death experience, and I call it an actual death experience. There's nothing near about it. It's it's complete. You get revived, maybe, but it's complete in and of itself. And uh, you recognize the fact that nothing actually changes. You just take off the costume. Everything else remains totally the same. You just don't have the ability to make a voice. You don't have the ability to have that interface with other souls that are still in costume. So I do say that, you know, the word Halloween, right, is coming up in a month and a half. Halloween actually means holy evening. That's what the word actually means, holy evening. And everybody dresses up in a costume. But in fact, we are all dressed up in costumes right now. You know, we are all dressed up in the costume of our persona. And we step out of a costume of the womb and into the costume of the life. And then we step out of the costume of the life and into the costume of the afterlife. And then we step out of that afterlife costume and <laughs> into another costume, and then into another costume, and then into another costume. And 
it goes on and on and on and on and on. And in each moment, in each opportunity, we have the responsibility, the ability to respond to the situation. And that ability to respond to the situation is in this human existence on this particular planet, in this particular solar system, in this particular galaxy, in this particular universe. There is a science called Kundalini, <laughs> which, which we can use to enable our greatest sensibilities. And we have within this costume, we have certain glands and organs and functional abilities that we can utilize not only the costume, but we can utilize that which is beyond the costume. And you perhaps have heard the expression it's quite common in the English language. It just came out of the blue. And that comes from the fact that everything actually comes out of the blue ether. The, the ether is this subtle circumstance that is before even plasmic orientation. Plasma fills most of outer space. And plasma are the protons, neutrons, and electrons prior to forming atomic structure. They're just all in random state. There's programming inside of that, but in its, in its actuality, it's quite random. And then from that plasmic state forms a material state of atoms, molecules, and so on. But prior to plasma, there is what is called ether. And ether are the subatomic quanta prior to any programming into atoms, excuse me, into electrons, protons, and neutrons, quarks, bosons, all of the particles. In the ether, it's just frequency. It's just vibratory frequencies. And there are several levels. Some people say there's four levels. Some say there's seven levels. Doesn't really matter. It's a spectrum. So it's a continuum. And so out of the blue is the universal mind. And that universal mind has all of the opportunities for any one of your ideas, like the ideas of an airplane prior to there ever being an airplane. Somebody had to come up with an idea. The idea of an electric light before there was an electric light. The idea of a yoga posture. The idea of an electromagnetic field. The idea of the aura, the idea 
of all of these things. And some people say, well, no, no, that's just, that's just woo-woo. You know, this is real, that's woo-woo. No, no, it's actually, both of it is real. One is just less physically oriented than the other. But it's all real at every level. And so you have this incredible area here, which is right here where we are, where tension, pressure, stress, and friction hold the molecular structure together. Literally, tension, pressure, stress, and friction enable the plasmic field to become an atomic array. And then the atomic array forms into the molecular structures. And the molecular structures form the elements. And the elements form the costumes. Whether it's the costume of a mountain, the costume of a tree, the costume of an ocean, the costume of a bear, an eagle, a hummingbird, a person. All costumes formed out of this circumstance. And what we end up with, we end up with this tension, pressure, stress, and friction combining with ease, joy, knowing, and liberation. At the moment of conception, this physical body comes together with the soul body to form this molecular costume. And this molecular costume then has a life that it goes through. And in that life, it has desires, it has requirements, it has responsibilities, it has all of the components of a life. And in that life, the first organ that is formed in that life and the last organ to function in that, oops, to function in that life is the heart and the heart center. And so when we get down into the heart center, which is what our focus is this, this particular moon cycle, when we get down into the heart center, we begin to develop these attitudes, these attitudes of hope, of willingness, being willful, and then the courage to respond to the opposition that will always take place whenever we have a willingness. And so we have this tension, pressure, stress, and friction that is being managed by the ease, joy, knowing, and liberation. And this forms the structure of our life. And in that structure, there is this intelligent communication between the heart center and that blue ether. And one of the ways of maximizing that relationship is through singing. Sometimes called chanting. But it's all just vocalizing. Literally making the sounds in any language that invoke 
the sensation of adoration. The sensation of adoration in the English language is sometimes called worship. You worship. I worship my wife. I worship my children. I worship my grandchildren. It's adoration. These are the functions. I worship my friends. I worship students. I wor- it's adoration. I worship my life. It's adoration. And when you have that adoration and you include it in vocalization and you create music out of it, you create harmonic intervals out of it, you create rhythms and beats out of it. This is the music of the soul. And what this music of the soul does is this music of the soul will enable you to combine all of your vital body parts so that they are all beginning to function harmonically together. So that your digestion, your respiration, your circulation, your neurology, your psychology, your sociology, your humanology, all begin to weave a fabric. And that fabric is life. In the costume of whoever you are in this particular existence. And so you coordinate all of these incredibly articulate body parts. And as you coordinate these articulate body parts, you enable their communication with the most joyous aspect of this combination where the tension, pressure, stress, and friction holds you together and the ease, joy, knowing, and liberation exudes through it. It's like the body of the instrument with the sound vibrating through it. That's what you are. You are a body of an instrument the human instrument. And if you can produce it, you develop the sounds of your adoration exuding through it. And it all centers around the heart. The first organ to exist the one organ that must moment to moment persist and it's the last organ that 
is involved in your life. So as we move through these times that we're in, we not only want to call upon our internal strengths, but we also want to call on our external strengths, the angelic field. You know, people have gotten into the business of naming the angels. That's great. I love it. They've given different levels of angelic influence, archangels and all of the different levels. I love it. It's energy. It's fields and realms of energy that are literally assigned to protect you, to increase your vitality, and to assist you in achieving that which is connected to your adoration. That which is connected to your adoration is supported by these frequency fields. I was taking notes in my meditation earlier and I thought, hmm, in the physiology there's DNA. In the psychometry there's VFS. Vibrating frequency signatures. And in psychometry, those vibrating frequency signatures exist and exist and exist and exist. DNA can continue for thousands of years perhaps longer. The vibrating frequency signature at a subtle level when we get the ability to measure it we will be able to reproduce the human psyche that can measure it anyway. And those signatures are what come literally out of the blue. So take your, take your journal and make some notes. What is it that you adore? What is it that you adore in this existence? What is it that you worship? in this existence. And we're going to do a Kriya this morning that is very much about the connection between exploration and adoration. That we want to use our adoration to assist our exploration of 
the what is. By enabling our exploration of the what is, we begin to recognize what we can possibly be. And when we are recognizing what we can possibly be, we become significantly inspired. And that inspiration eliminates so much desperation. Even the subtle forms of desperation that just are irritations are absolved by inspiration, by that exploration of our adoration. I know I'm making a lot of rhyming words, but that's just the way these words are built. These words are built in very similar ways, which is what causes words to rhyme. And so as you're doing the, the Kriya today, be very clear that you're making yourself healthy so that you can increase your joy and so that you can increase your vitality. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.